Well, our next guest today spoke along with other provincial officials. Uh, They spoke together to counter harmful claims uh, made around the toxic drug crisis and some of the claims... uh, my, my comments, not anybody else's, that uh, elected officials have made federally and provincially in and around uh, this conversation. Joining me to talk a little bit about uh, the unregulated drug deaths that we're seeing here in British Columbia is Lisa LaPointe, BC's Chief Coroner. Ms. LaPointe, thank you for joining us today. Well, thank you for the invitation. Uh, why was it important for you, Dr. Bonnie Henry, and many other uh, leaders today to come out uh, to speak on this issue? We felt that it was really important that the public was up to date with all of the facts as we know them around the drug toxicity crisis. Um, Sometimes uh, in political rhetoric, uh, statements get thrown around and they they start to uh, take on a life of their own and then they become um, fact. And and we were hearing things that concerned us. And so we thought it was a good time to get together together. hold a, a small media event and say, here's what we're seeing, here's what we're doing, and uh, and to provide some reassurance that where there are any issues or concerns, there are multiple agencies evaluating and gathering evidence. Do you think what you've done today will have that impact? Because one would argue that we are pretty much still in the midst of a very polarized political environment. Add to that uh, what we are seeing in our streets in a post-COVID environment in regards to safety and security, that this seems to be a low-hanging fruit for, for some elected officials and, and activists and, and many others to, to focus on this issue and at times even scapegoat some individuals in regards to what's happening. Do you think what you've done today and continue to do will have that impact in regards to perhaps having a much more um, pro- perhaps a fact-based and scientific-based conversation? Well, we do hope so. We, you know, we have heard some of the comments that have been made and some of the claims that have been made about the crisis. Um, it is unfortunate, and I know Dr. Henry and uh, Dr. Charlesworth both spoke to this, that some of the concerns around public safety have been conflated with the drug toxicity crisis. And in fact, the truth is that the, the people most harmed by the drug toxicity crisis are those who are using the substances. The illicit drug market we know is, is highly uh, toxic and very dangerous, and we know that six people are dying every day. So that is a real public safety concern that, um, that we see in our work every day. Um, you know, it's really important that uh, we, we recognize that this crisis has been going on in our province since 2016. It has been a fentanyl crisis. It is illicit fentanyl that is sold on the profit-driven black market. And um, there's been many, many discussions, and uh, we've held two death review panels. There was an all-party select standing committee on health that that met with and reviewed numerous submissions. And uh, the consensus throughout this has been this is a massive crisis. It's a public health issue affecting tens of thousands of people in our province. Over 100,000 people um, are believed to have opioid use disorder. And uh, we need a broad-based, comprehensive response. And trying to dig into camps where one thing or the other or the other has really not been helpful. And what's needed is harm reduction efforts, uh, drug checking efforts, naloxone, treatment that's evidence-based and available when people need it, and then safer supply for those who are at risk of death. Because mm-hmm. um, as much as we, you know, we 
certainly it would be better if people didn't access the illicit drug supply. We know that people do, and we can see by the numbers that people are dying. Now, one of the issues um, that has been front and center, the conversation has been, uh, that some have been pushing is that hydromorphone uh, that was prescribed through the province's uh, safe supply program is flooding the streets. Can you speak to that for a moment? Yeah, I can, and we spoke to that today. So the vast majority of hydromorphone that is prescribed in our province is prescribed for pain management um, for all sorts of different reasons, cancer patients um, and other people experiencing significant pain. Only a very small percentage of hydromorphone prescribed is prescribed under the Safer Supply Program. So it's, you know, that we, we've heard the assertions that Safer Supply um, is flooding the streets. Um, we certainly want to listen to concerns of clinicians and where clinicians have, have spoken to Bonnie Henry or Dr. Henry or have spoken to me, uh, we don't discount those. And that's why Dr. Henry said today, you know, she's going to be reviewing with, with a number of different groups the guidelines around safer consumption, uh, so, sorry, safer supply prescribing. Or is it meeting people's needs? Uh, perhaps needs some changes. And certainly as a coroner service, we are keeping a very close eye on the data to see if hydromorphone is having any impact on the crisis. From where I sit, uh, uh, it seems like there is a polarized conversation going on, which basically says, let's focus on treatment centers, less on decriminalization and safe supply. Uh, that it's one versus the other. And others have said, look at the policy that Alberta is doing is where we should be focusing on. And we've had, uh, you know, at least one of our federal leaders, I think Pierre Polyev, pushing that. Uh, and even here locally. And others here locally saying, some here as well, saying, look, that's what the focus should be on, not on safe supply and de- decriminalization. Can you speak to that a little bit? I mean, uh, one could argue, could you not do both? And, and is that something we need to be focusing on? Not just what we're doing now here in British Columbia, perhaps budgets, bigger budgets over the long term on treatment centers as well. Well, absolutely. And that was the message that all four of us tried to give today is that this cannot be an either or situation. Absolutely. Treatment, enhanced treatment, evidence-based treatment when and where people need it is essential. But we also realized that there are 100,000 people with opioid use disorder in our province. Um, treatment, um, there is a dearth of data around treatment. So um, depending on the type of treatment, uh, there may or may not be uh, any reporting requirements. So some of the residential treatments that, that you may be aware of, the recovery services, there's no reporting requirements for those. So we actually don't know when people access those services what their outcomes are. We don't know how many people are accessing that. So that's a real gap in the data that we need to address and our death review panel has recommended. Um, But definitely treatment is essential, but with 100,000 people at risk of dying at any given time from this uh, toxic drug market, if we can't remove people uh, from their reliance on the black market, we will continue to see deaths at the rate we have seen them. And we've seen time and time again where uh, death, the death review panels and the uh, 
the Select Standing Committee have said safer supply is an urgent and essential need along with treatment. Absolutely. Nobody is saying, and nobody who is invested in this from an academic or a scientific level is saying one or the other. This is an all. Uh, we need them all. And, and I would say, <clears throat> with respect to the Alberta data, we need to be really careful when we're looking at fine print on data. So what we report here in BC is suspected drug toxicity deaths every month. Um, the Alberta data is uh, some suspected deaths, but, but many um, of their deaths are still under investigation and not included in the data. So it, we're not comparing apples to uh, apples with, with those two data sets. Mm-hmm. That's a very important point that you make. I just want to clarify the numbers here. So you say you have, we have 100,000 people in British Columbia at any given time um, that could potentially be impacted with these uh, unregulated drugs using. I had heard another number today, 14% of, of the deaths that we've had, 14% were they in the downtown east side? Mm-hmm, yes. So yeah, the- and I wanted to yeah I wanted to point that out because you know we often see the pictures of the downtown east side and and politicians like the point of the downtown east side is sort of the the face of the crisis and less than fourteen percent of those who died in our province last year were residents of the downtown east side. Not that the downtown east side isn't a community. Uh, that is vulnerable. That it is for sure, and it has had a large rate of death for its small number of um, residents. But the vast majority of people who are dying in BC are dying elsewhere in the province. So they are in small towns and big towns. And you know, we say this, and I just don't. I'm not sure people understand. This is happening in suburban neighborhoods. Um, as Dr. Henry pointed out today, one in five British Columbians knows somebody who's died of a, of a toxic drug event. And so these are friends and neighbors. Uh, this is a crisis that we really, really need to pay attention to. Um, it's not somebody else in a different neighborhood. It's in everybody's neighborhood. And it's really important that people understand how many people are at risk. Are you frustrated at people in positions of authority, perhaps using this uh, for other means uh, in regards to political uh, their, their political needs or what, whether it may be uh, for other reasons, I don't know. But it, certainly it seems to me the fact that you had to come out today as BC's uh, chief coroner uh, or provincial health officer and many other leaders when it comes to uh, health uh, and safety here in British Columbia that actually come out and speak on this, that says a lot about our political discourse and our broader societal conversation on this issue. Yeah, it is absolutely very concerning. This is a health issue, and for it to be co-opted for, uh, I don't know, personal gain, political gain, it's frustrating. You know, we, we as a corner service have been involved in this crisis since day one, and we speak to families daily um, about their losses and about their pain and what they're experiencing. And these are real people. Um, it, it frustrates me to um, see people potentially for their own gain trying to create divisions, trying to um, make claims that really aren't true. And, and we know uh, from all of those who have expertise in this field that we need a continuum of care. This is a complex health issue that requires a thoughtful, collaborative continuum of care for people. Um, not a dichotomy. This is not an either-or. This is and, and, and what we need. Uh, Ms. LaPointe, thank you so much for your time today. Well, I really appreciate the, the opportunity. Thank you.